0: Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices
1: in Canadian agriculture. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of our new podcast, Ag Annex Talks. My name is Alex Bernard, Associate Editor for Top Crop Manager and Manure Manager. This first episode focuses on mental health challenges in agriculture. It's a hot topic at the moment, and for good reason. Farmers are not immune to mental health problems, and current studies suggest that they are particularly vulnerable. According to a survey of Canadian farmers conducted by Andrea jones Bitten, Associate Professor at the Ontario Veterinary College at the University of Guelph, 45% of respondents reported high stress levels. 58% reported anxiety, and 35% depression. In a survey conducted in Quebec between 2010 and 2011, Jeanette Lafleur, a PhD candidate in community psychology at the University of Quebec in Montreal, said that 42% of Quebec farmers felt that their days were somewhat or extremely stressful, compared with 20% of other Quebec men. The issue merited a study by the House of Commons Standing Committee of Agriculture and Agri-Food in 2018 and early 2019, resulting in a report titled Mental Health a priority for our farmers. In a statement to the committee, Megan Reynolds, owner-operator of LPG Farms in Saskatchewan, said, While 2016 may have been my fourth crop year, it was the first time I stood and watched while my crop, worth literally hundreds of thousands of dollars, was destroyed in a ten-minute hailstorm. It was also the first time in my life that I felt like a complete failure, a failure as a farmer, a failure as a spouse, and a failure as a provider for my family. It was the first time, and sadly not the last, that I felt my only worth to my family was in my life insurance policy. Rooted in Strength, Taking Care of Our Families and Ourselves, a resource developed by Farm Credit Canada, identifies 14 common stressors on the farm. Finances, volatile markets, family disagreements, unreasonable personal goals, administrative burden, long hours, workload, lack of sleep, weather, uncertain yield, machinery breakdowns, technology not working properly, handling dangerous goods, and livestock well-being. Many of these stressors are out of the farmer's control. Several are also intrinsically tied to what many of us believe it means to be a farmer, which is where the danger comes in. Working with family, ambition, hard work, and strong work ethic. All of these are part of the farmer persona, and a large part of what it takes to be a successful farmer. However, these factors also make it so much more difficult to discuss any hardship a farmer is facing. On top of that, many farmers work where they live, so they don't have the ability to distance themselves from their work. As Alain Damour, General Director of Contact Richelieu-Yamasca, a mental health clinic in Saint-Hyacinthe, Quebec, says, I can't tell farmers to return home to rest. Farmers are home, and that place is the source of their stress. Social media has created additional issues, given the rise of cyberbullying by activists and misinformed citizens against farmers, especially those involved in livestock production. However, it has also been a boon for many farmers as a way to connect with others in agriculture, sharing resources and links, and developing a sense of community. My first conversation is with Adele Stewart, Executive Director of the Do More Agriculture Foundation, which is an initiative that has its roots in social media. Hi, my name is Alex, I'm Associate Editor for the Ag Annex brand, and I'm here today with... Adele Stewart,
0: the Executive Director with the Do More Agriculture Foundation.
1: Excellent. So what is Do More Agriculture?
0: so the do more agriculture foundation we consider ourselves champions for the mental well-being of all type, all producers of all walks farmers ranchers and the likes so we're here to provide kind of a safe space and a platform to start this conversation about mental health and mental wellness in agriculture so we can change the culture to one of acceptance and something that we acknowledge is part of our daily lives so we can end
1: the stigma and as
0: well promote education and further research on this important topic.
1: It's a much needed one in agriculture right now. So how did it start?
0: So Do More Eggs started we were officially launched in January of 2018, but how it started was about July of 2017 when one of our co founders sent out a tweet. She had been contacted over Egg Twitter and involved in some conversations on that platform about this topic and someone who was struggling and she didn't have all of the answers and she wished she had, you know, more answers. So she sent out a tweet that ended up going viral within Egg Twitter community and it said, Mental health is real and Egg, we got to do more. So it was, you know, it was an innocent, as you could say, a tweet that went out with some mass consequence and snowball um, to the benefit because the conversation spread like wildfire and the need for the foundation was, you know, born out of, out of people who really wanted and needed somebody to speak up about it. So here we are two years later from officially launching and still growing at rapid pace.
1: So the initial response was great, and it seems like it's continued to be something that's really necessary, and people are rallying behind it. Absolutely. What is it about agriculture that increases the the risk of mental health concerns or things like that?
0: It's a unique sector, and we kind of break it into a couple of different categories. The first being the stigma that we're trying to break down. We're definitely seeing that conversation change, but we're also meeting people where they're at. You know, does mental health really exist? especially in egg as well. So breaking down that stigma that it does, and it's okay to talk about it. You know, it's not a pull yourself up by your bootstraps or you chose this occupation. So we're breaking that down in terms of stigma, which is a little bit different than some other industries. Another one would be our isolation. So living and working remotely, our coworkers being our family, you know, maybe living a couple hours away from a local resource for those people who would be actively seeking, you know, therapy or something like that. And then you can kind of tie into it just the unpredictability in the nature of producing is, you know, everything from the weather to trade to accessibility, markets and values and all of those things aren't anything that we can control despite our best strategic planning so you need to be incredibly strategic and incredibly flexible to maintain mental wellness which can be a little bit tough so all of those things you throw all them together and it provides a really unique area that is unlike kind of any other industry I'd have to say so can definitely face some different challenges compounding ones and and that leads to the higher prevalence of mental health that we're seeing come out of the research.
1: And I imagine after years like 2019 with all of the the many difficulties that were faced across the country with market volatility or just weather patterns and poor crop response, now more than ever it's important to be aware of the consequences of mental health issues.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, 2019 was a really volatile year for everybody, and even across the nation we experienced really different problems at the same time. So kind of even to be able to collaborate with each other as a nation wasn't even because we were facing different things east was flooding while west was droughting stuff like that so very even
1: isolated in that nature have more people been coming to you to find resources in the past year or is it fairly steady
0: It's been steady but growing as well as we continue to build out the resources on our webpage. You know, our traffic is high, our requests to come, you know, speak. We're in the off-season. We're traveling, you know, every week, whether it's AGMs and conferences. So it's definitely still still growing. I don't think we've, you know, hit the peak at all because we're really encouraged that more people are ready to, to talk about this. And whether it's through the website and they share, you know, their story with us or accessing the resources to get themselves the help they need personally we're seeing a lot of traffic, which we're really
1: encouraged by. That's awesome. So what is one thing that you wish was better understood about mental illness or mental health care? My personal take on this
0: is standing that that no one is immune. And even myself, I didn't really quite understand, you know, mental illness, like in the ability to like, choose your thoughts versus another, because I was nearly middle-aged before I had a first vote of, Anxiety, So it's really hard to understand and have empathy when you haven't personally experienced something. So the one thing I wish people knew is that it's okay not to know, but to stretch into that empathy, you know, learn a little bit more about mental health, literacy, mental illness just so we can provide a little safer space for people who are struggling understand that it it really is real and it could happen to any one of us, and the odds are we're looking at one in four, one in five people in their lifetime. Odds are that it could be us, so to kind of approach it with that, you know, a little bit gentle, gentle kid gloves with that.
1: And of that one in four, one in five, it sounds like the likelihood is even higher in agriculture because of the factors you mentioned
0: yeah, absolutely. In ag, we're seeing, you know, like 58% meeting criteria for depression and things like that. A study coming out of the University of Guelph and Andrea Jones-Bitton is showing us that ag sector is experiencing higher prevalence of mental illness.
1: So if a person in agriculture is concerned about their mental health or the mental health of a friend or family member or co-worker, what would you recommend that they do?
0: It's a tough question because the ag community is one of, you know, we want to fix problems. That's kind of our, our nature. You'd kind of need that streak in you to be successful as a producer. So it's about understanding where your mental health literacy is at so you can support within your means. If you, you know, have maybe spent some time on Google, but you've never taken, you know, mental health first aid certification, your ability to have a conversation is going to be a little bit different and that's okay. So it's about supporting within your means is the most important. So whether it's, you know, having a fact-based conversation with a friend and being there to listen, you know, but not fixing, everything for them because when someone is struggling they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel the same way as we do when we're healthy so kind of just having that perspective and then if you really do want to do more it would be to seek out some further education you know through our community fund we've got half-day workshops going out to conferences and through our community fund across canada mental health first aid we offer as well um, and those can be found ongoing outside of our initiatives So to get some more education if somebody does want to take that next step in support.
1: Awesome. And if they would like to access the resources, you're online at domore.ag? That's right. Perfect. Uh, Thank you so much, Adele. You're welcome. My next conversation is with Shane Anderson of Tough Enough to Talk About It, a program out of the Grand Prairie Suicide Prevention Center. Hi, I'm Alex for Ag Annex Talks, and I'm talking today with...
2: Hey, Shane Anderson from the Tough Enough to Talk About It program.
1: Thank you so much for speaking with me today. So what is Tough Enough to Talk About It?
2: So Tough Enough to Talk About It, it's actually a program that started in 1999 uh, as Men at Risk. And The reason it started was they found uh, in the peace country region here in Alberta between 87 and 97 that men working in trades industry and agriculture were making up a huge chunk of the suicide numbers. So the program was developed to basically get out to companies and organizations in that demographic and try and encourage conversation and try and reduce the stigma around mental health and and suicide in particular.
1: Okay. So what is it about agriculture and heavy industry and industries like that that make it more risky for mental health concerns?
2: I think there's a, a couple of things that go into it. One is... Isolation. You know, you're working on the farm away from people. You're working in the oil field away from people. So there's a fair bit of isolation that plays uh, a part of it. Another is factors that are out of your control, especially in agriculture. Right, like you could be a, the best farmer or rancher out there, and then a bad season destroys the crop, or a trade war, or whatever else is going on in the world that could really affect your finances and, and mental health. And, and I think the other thing is that persona that the people that are working off field and, and trades and, and agriculture have that, you know, let's get it done. We'll back up and, and work through it. They've got that attitude, which is great. The only problem is with that, that hardworking attitude is they don't then want to discuss mental health or, or ask for help. If they do, it's, it feels like a character or a flaw or, or a weakness kind of thing. So again, it's, it's a, a lot about that, that stigma. And if I could just mention, there was a 2018 National Survey of Canadian Farmers done out of Ontario. But it came back with 40% of Canadian farmers saying that they would feel uneasy about seeking help for mental health issues purely because of what other people might think.
1: And that was only in 2018? Have you and the tough enough to talk about it program have you noticed a change since then, or is it still fairly difficult to get farmers and oil field workers in that to talk about it
2: you know what there's there's some organizations uh, I know the Peace country beef and forage Association have had me out at a few of their meetings and um, there 's been a good response from the people in the rooms. so same with uh, a lot of companies around grand prairie that've they've had a sense to to do safety meetings and things and and it is, like, people are realizing that mental health is something that we need to be talking about. You know, everyone's affected or knows someone that's affected. And I think that's the other thing. Once that conversation starts, it's amazing to, to see how many people have actually dealt with something.
1: Going back to our conversation yesterday, mm-hmm. you mentioned that 2015 was a, was a particularly bad year. What was it about 2015 that made it so bad?
2: You know, in 2015, we had that, the economic downturn there. And unfortunately, numbers really spiked. I and mean, it was 668 suicides in Alberta that year, which, which doubled the number of fatal motor vehicle collisions. Actually, more than doubled for the same year. And obviously, when there's an economic downturn, we, we do see a spike. And I have concerns about what's going to happen now, especially, again, in agriculture, in this region, and I, I think other parts of Alberta and Canada too, have had had a few uneasy years. There's been good crops, but unable to get them out of the field, or there's been bad crops. So It's been like three or more years of a really tumultuous times for, for Canadian agriculture, and now you throw in you know, everything that's going on with the COVID thing and then with oil prices dropping. There's a lot of people that are going to be at risk, so I really do emphasize that if so, Someone who works oil and gas, or uh, again, especially agriculture, uh, really have that conversation, check in with them, see how they're doing. Honestly, it's easy for someone to to shrug it off and say, "Oh yeah, no, I'm good. We'll we'll get through this." But have an honest conversation with them and see how they're really dealing with all the stress and anxiety.
1: So, what would be some warning signs to watch for, or what I guess what should be considered kind of a tip off?
2: Yeah, I I think um, keeping an eye on someone, like someone that is a family member or a neighbor or a co-worker, you generally know what they're like during normal times. So at times like this, keep an eye out for a change in their mood, the way they're talking about things, their behavior. So, you know... If now they're more irritable than they normally used to be, or even if that's extending to to outright anger and anxiety about what's going on, if they're avoiding things such as well, I mean, it's, it's we have to avoid people at the moment, but but avoiding things that they used to enjoy, that's that's always a good sign. Isolating themselves, a lack of interest in anything, and, and I think the main one, again, especially with guys, is. Our coping mechanisms, right? We, we don't generally sit down and chat about how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. We would rather go and have a few extra drinks or go out and, and work a little bit harder in the field or in the shop. It's things like that, things that take our mind off it but don't really help the problem. So yeah, there's some good ones to, to keep in mind.
1: Mm-hmm. What would be a way specifically for men to start a conversation with them?
2: Again, it's it's not an easy conversation to have and a lot of people sort of balk at it because they don't know if they have a conversation with someone that they're concerned about what, what their response is going to be and maybe they're, they are afraid that that person might open up to them and, and divulge that, you know, they're not coping well or they're thinking about suicide. I, I think from a guy's perspective, you know, have a cup of coffee with some, you know, at a distance, <laughs> uh, but in a shop or, or something like that where... You know, it's comfortable for both of you. And just be honest. You know, I know things are tough at the moment, but I've noticed that these are the certain changes that I've seen in you. Can we have a chat? You know, can I help in any way? And, and if you are really worried, please do ask. It's not an easy question, but ask, are you thinking about suicide? And a lot of people are afraid of that because they feel if that person's not thinking about suicide and I mention that word, then it's going to put that thought in their head. Mm-hmm. It's not. But if you do ask them and they are thinking about it, it really is a great, that's the key that opens that door to having a a really serious conversation. It also lets that person know that they've been noticed, Mm -hmm. that someone has taken the time to, to, to notice them and care about them enough to ask. So I really encourage that.
1: That's one of the most difficult things is feeling like you're alone. And for someone to notice you like that, that could be the thing that changes it.
2: Is. And, and there is that, you know, I've gone through my own battles with depression, and, and you do. Again, as a guy, you feel like, well, you know there's enough going on in the world right now. I don't need to burden someone else. I don't need to throw extra stress on someone else by having this conversation. I'll just make do and get through it myself. But unfortunately, we're also dealing with the same stress and everything else that's going on in the world, and we do, we need that to talk to. Uh, and there are mental health helplines out there. There's texting services now. I really encourage people to use those. Uh, it does help. It, it again, it's that connection. And right now, with everyone being so isolated, that that feeling of connection is even more important.
1: Yeah, we have to self-isolate. We have to kind of keep away from groups or other people. But that doesn't mean we can't reach out with a call or a, even an email.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and you know what? My email is always open, so if uh, if someone does have concerns, we're not a counselling service. That's one thing I need to let people know. Mm-hmm. But we're a resource service, and I and the office will will work as hard as we can to find the right resource that can help you out wherever you might be in Canada.
1: Fantastic. Is there one thing that you wish was better understood about mental illness or mental health care?
2: You know what? I really I really just want to stress again that, that if you are dealing with, with high levels of anxiety, if you're even thinking about suicide or, or depression, I just want people to know that it's not a weakness. It's not a character flaw. It's, it's, a, it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. And you really do need to reach out and talk to someone. There is help out there. There is hope. And it is amazing when you discuss this with some, someone else. Like I say, it's, they say that one in five Canadians, deal with mental health or addiction issues, so I guarantee you know someone that's either struggling or has struggled and we'll we'll talk to you
1: about this. One thing it really helps me to put it in perspective is that if you have a physical ailment or if you need glasses to see, you wouldn't deny someone those glasses because they should just buck it up and deal with it. It's the same with mental health, like if you need something to help you, That's not a weakness. That's just part of what it is.
2: You know what? That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, And again, there's that, uh, in agriculture especially, there's a feeling of community, right? Mm -hmm. So a neighbor that that needs a hand getting crops off the field, then you're going to get a combine over there and and give them a hand, right? If you saw them carrying something heavy, you'd offer to help them. It really is the same with mental health. Like someone's dealing with something that they, they can't do by themselves and they do need help and there's a reluctance to ask. So... Yeah, exactly that. It's, if you have a broken leg, you'd help them. Mm-hmm. So, same with mental health. And remember, too, you don't have to take it on alone. It's like first aid. You realize there's an issue, you help them keep safe for now, and, and then you get into an expert. There are people out there, like I say, that, that are trained to, to help and do this. So,
1: Some agricultural communities have treated tragedy as a call to arms. Following the suicide of a farmer in 2019, Ile d'Orléans Farmers in Quebec decided to create a committee to prevent further tragedies, focused on strengthening community bonds and reducing psychological distress. FarmersTalk.ca, an online mental health resource and community for farmers in Prince Edward Island, was developed by the Department of Agriculture and Land and the Island Farming Community following the suicide of a dairy farmer last year. The conversation is growing and the availability of mental health resources and training is increasing, but the stigma still exists. Agriculture is a supportive community and it's time to come together to keep each other safe. As the Beatles say, I get by with a little help from my friends. If you're having a hard time, start a conversation. Let someone know where you're at. If someone approaches you to talk, listen. Take care of yourselves and each other out there.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Egg Annex Talks, the podcast hosted by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Egg Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit eggannex.com to catch up on all of our other episodes.